Hi, my name is Sarah Rachel Brown. I'm a 30-something-year-old woman, and I live in Philadelphia. I'm a contemporary jeweler. And like many others, I am an artist trying to make a living. On this podcast, I'm going to broach the subject of value. I'll be talking to studio artists and performers, educators and administrators, and anyone else attempting to combine their creative endeavors with how they get a paycheck. Welcome to another episode of Perceived Value. I'm Sarah Rachel Brown, and you guys, this is my first episode of 2019. I'm really excited to be back on the microphone. Good Lord, the holidays. I survived it. But I think every year I just need to make a disclaimer that I need to go on a hiatus because the holidays really take it out of me. I'm sure you guys can mostly relate. So anyways, hey, happy new year, my friends. I'm sure you've all been thinking about resolutions. Even if you're not the type who makes them, you kind of can't get away from it. There's a lot of buzz about making changes in the new year. And I'm not big on diets. I'm not going to say I'm going to quit drinking for the month of January. But one resolution I can always get behind is this. Take more chances. Put yourself out there. Risk being rejected. Risk failure. Try something new. So taking chances might not always get you what or where you wanted, but at least it gets you something or somewhere. And on that note, as mentioned in my previous episode, one of my intentions, another word for resolution, for the podcast in 2019 is to push myself to find guests outside of my jewelry metals community. And dang, y'all, I'm starting off 2019 with a bang. My guest today is most definitely an artist, although one that's not easily categorized or defined. She refers to herself as a mutt of a maker, which I absolutely love. From her hand-painted boots to the tiny stars tattooed randomly all over her body, Mira Gessner's daily appearance exemplifies her artistic aesthetic. I wanted to speak with this multi-talented woman because this past October she was offered an extraordinary opportunity, one that will most definitely change the trajectory of her life. And, you know... When faced with such an opportunity, it's understandable to be scared or intimidated, which I think she definitely is a bit, but she's also a risk taker and going for it. And that, in my opinion, makes her a total badass. So please welcome today's guest, Mira Gessner. Girl, I gotta get that perfect sound. No, totally. It's like um, it's like in hair. Like you know, you don't want to over direct the hair when you need to pull it straight forwards because that creates unnecessary bulk, weight, unevenness. Like oh, okay. So we're getting some like DIY. Tips. Yeah, it's like you know, just always be intentional about your angles. That's good to know, and that is how exactly how I feel with my microphone placement. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm getting happier with our, our with our levels. Okay, cool. Yeah. 
How was working at the bar? Anybody throw up on inside? Um, I did when I was uh, changing some of the trash bags at the the end of the night. I did see somebody definitely ralphed in one of the trash cans. Um, but hey, they made it to the trash can. You know, like the, didn't have to mop it. It was like all contained within plastic. Nothing bad about that. Yeah. Like that's something to be thankful for. Yeah, as oh, far as things God. go, I mean, it was like the most puke-free New Year's at a bar I've ever experienced. <laughs> I have like PTSD from like. Uh, just when people puke outside the bar, but really close to the front door and you have to like clean it up and like yeah, throw the like bubbly of wa- water on it. And yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah. Especially in the winter and you're like pouring like hot bleach water on like the concrete and it like smells like hot bleach water hitting cold. Con- oh, just okay. Yeah. I no, don't know bad. why. I, yeah. mean, we, I mean, we can go down this, <laughs> but it was nice. I mean, this new year's was one of the first, the first new year's in five years that I actually went out to a bar or something. So. Yeah, I always think it's more of like a house party mm-hmm. holiday anyways. Yeah, it's like amateur night. Too. But there was a cool band playing, and so we went. And it was really chill, actually. I yeah. expected it to be really loud and annoying. I mean, it was a $20 cover, which is a lot even to go to a show at a yeah. bar. But Arguably would keep out the riffraff, maybe, you know? Like, mm-hmm. not everybody wants to spend 20 bucks just to get in the door. Yeah, or to see the show. So that kind of worked out for us. Uh, but happy new year mira thank you you too are you excited for 2019 <laughs> you freaking bet you know it's really interesting i know politically 2018 was just a shit show but i know so many people that have personally have been like get me out of 2018 let's do 2019 different yeah totally yeah is that is that kind of how you're feeling like i mean i feel like 2018 was definitely more of a political shit show. I wouldn't say I had a total personal shit show, but I did. I am happy to have lived through 2018 and I'm also looking forward to the future. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. No regrets. Yeah. I feel like there was a lot. I had so many good positive things in 2018, but yeah, you sure did. Heck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I just always love a fresh start no matter what. You know, it's just this like way to restart and kind of look forward. Yeah, totally. I'm not big on resolutions. And don't even come at me with your New Year's diet, okay, people? No, yeah, I don't believe in resolutions. But I did actually start 2019 with something I've been wanting to do for a super long time, which is I wrote a fan letter to this author that I really, really love. And I was just like, Mira's going to have trouble talking in the microphone. I love Mira, but she's like, I'm moving too much already. You move so much. And I can already, I'm trying. Look, I have my arms crossed. It's like, she's afraid to speak into the microphone. (laughs) Yeah. Your body language just says, drink some more of that red wine. Okay. Uh, All right. All right. Some people just need to chill. The bottle's over there. We'll grab that. No, I'm just very, like, um, unaccustomed to one on the center, you know, this a microphone thing. <laughs> yeah, you're doing great. I'm okay. proud of Thank you, you already. Thank you, Sarah. You're doing really wonderful at putting me at ease. Oh, yeah. I mean, the fact that you're even coming on here. So, okay, guys. I'm talking to my friend Mira. Mira, say your full name for everyone. Um, hi, my name is Mira Lil Gessner. And she is originally from Iowa. Uh, currently living in Philadelphia. How long have you lived in Philly? Um, you know, I had my eight-year anniversary this August, so like wow. eight and a half years. Oh, I didn't. I've never lived anywhere that long, besides yeah. where I was born. Yeah, totally. It's a, it's a powerful, it's a powerful thing. Like I feel like a townie. I'm very, I'm Philly, you know, Philly and proud. Yeah. No, that's great. And I met Mira um, shortly after I moved here. 
uh, I would actually say a couple months after I moved here. You yeah, were one of the very so. first people that I met that lived in Philly. And it's funny because one of my best friends, Joe Ross. Hi, Joe. Hi, Joe. Um, Joe Ross is an amazing, incredible drummer. Sure it is. And he has always been in touring bands. I've been a roadie with his bands multiple times. Um, and he was going on tour and he lived in Iowa. We're both from Sioux City, Iowa. Then he lived in Iowa City, where he came across Miss Mira <laughs> here, and they became friends. Um, I also lived in Iowa City, but I never met you when I yeah, lived there. Yeah, we missed each other. Just we barely. missed each other, but then we knew all these other same people. And so he came on tour and had played a house show in Philly. And I go and he West like Philly. Well, West well Philly. West Philly, yeah, yeah which is its own still thing Philly, here. but it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, "You have to meet my friend Mira." And this girl shows up who has this like interesting hair and <laughs> is just you guys. She's just kind of like a walking adornment. Like there's nothing about you that you don't personalize or decorate or make your own. Would you say that's? kind of true I mean I guess that's fairly true I, yeah I have trouble refraining from <laughs> taking things under my wing as uh, you could say yeah well even down to um she has a lot of interesting tattoos but it's funny I remember the first time I met you I kept staring at you because I couldn't tell if the star tattoos on your face were paint oh like, makeup or <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so she's covered with these star tattoos all over your body how many stars do you have do you even know no I don't know which oh wow yeah it was uh you know a really exciting moment for me um, when I realized I'd lost count. Um, okay, because you haven't gotten them all at the same time. You just get them as you go. Yeah, slow process of accumulation or something. Yeah, so she has small stars tattooed all over her body. And there's like one on your forehead, like near your temple. <laughs> um, there's some on her neck, on her chest. And yeah. But every time I see you, you always have really interesting jewelry on or you work in textiles. And okay, so here's the deal about Mira. She does so many things. <laughs> and it's like, describe all the things you do, like painting. Yeah, I paint. Um, you know, I sew a lot of different things. I, uh, I do hair. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I just think I just make stuff like whatever yeah. I want. You are constantly creative yeah i like to make stuff it's fun you'll be like hey come to this house party i'm doing face painting oh, yeah. and <laughs> i'm working at this theater and doing this thing and it's just always have you ever been a musician though um <laughs> debatably um i was <laughs> i was the songwriter and singer for um a band called the atm machines a couple Ooh. years ago uh yeah, it was uh, me and my two best friends and another really good friend. And we all played different kinds of music really loud at the same time. It was really, really fun. Cool. Um, yeah, I still have all the t-shirts. Have you ever gone on tour or have you been a roadie? Um, I have not, actually. I would say the most the mostly tour experience I had was maybe when we went to three of Joe Ross's shows in a row together. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that night that I... That that magical night I got to meet Mira on the front porch drinking <laughs> beers at a punk rock show. Joe was playing DC next. And I remember he was like, hey, do you want to come down to DC? And I was like, yeah, I'll jump in the van for a night. And you were like, I'm going too. And that's kind of <laughs> solidified our friendship right there. Yeah, totally. 
And the thing about you, Mira, that I've always like really been attracted to is you're just your energy. You know, even within like 10 minutes of meeting me, you're like, hi, I'm Mira. Who are you? What do you do? How's it going? Um, which that in and of itself is a um, talent. Well, you have a really good energy, too. I was just responding to that. And like, you know, Aww. Joe Ross, one of the most magical people, I was like, hey, like this is we're going to be friends. Like, definitely, <laughs> this has to be. Yeah. And you did get my number and you were like, no, we're going to be friends. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, I wanted to. And we since then have gone on road trips. Like, we go down to D.C. a lot for shows. Yeah. Like, we haven't done one in a while, but we are good about being just like picking we up and going and doing something. Yeah. Yeah. That magical day at the beach. Oh, yeah. You guys. Mira took me to the Jersey Shore for my first <laughs> you, Jersey Shore beach day. You took me. Day. You have the car. <laughs> yeah, true. But we went to Atlanta City and we found a beach nearby. I did spend half the time, most of the time, just like under blankets and under a giant floppy hat. You still got so burnt. I'm so afraid of the sun. <laughs> it's not good. And I spent most of the day sleeping on the beach too. Which, <sighs> Why not? The sand yeah. was really soft, really warm. We had that sandwich and like cherries and I think like chocolate truffles or something yeah we did it right we got all the trees yeah. and some drinks and just like had a beach day it's fantastic mm-hmm. so my lovely friend you grew up in iowa city mm-hmm. um the reason why a lot of people know what iowa city is because the university of iowa is located there which is a huge university and so i went there for my freshman year of college and dropped out but i went for one year yeah <laughs> um, but that's where you were born um i was born in saint paul minnesota actually oh okay but- yeah i lived there till i was like 15 and then we moved to iowa but and then you moved to iowa mm-hmm. okay Ooh, that's a hard time to move High yeah, school. it totally, it totally was. Yeah. But um, I'd gone to a, a lot of different schools growing up. Like, are you an army brat? No, <laughs> super not. I don't know. My parents were just always trying to uh, find a different, I don't know, find like the magic right school, spot, you know, public school, whatever. Like, yeah, I went to a Waldorf school in first grade and like okay. a bunch of, yeah, a different school almost every year pretty much till we moved to Iowa so dang that's intense that kind of probably speaks to how you're so easy to like adapt and meet people and put yourself out there yeah I was the new kid a lot yeah it's not an easy gig yeah and so in Iowa you graduate high school where did you go do you have a degree yes I have a bachelor's in French you guys (laughs) I love Mira because she speaks French and I can be like hey how do you say this word? And she'll be like, no, 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 Um, So can you say something in French for listeners? Uh, <laughs> what could we say? Oh, well, where are you from and how old are you? Answer in French. Oh, okay. Um, where am I from? Uh, je viens de Iowa City. Uh, j'en aurai 32 ans dans uh, deux mois. Yeah, see, I love it. <laughs> and so you go to undergrad where? Um, I went to the University of Iowa. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, Home. totally. I mean, I know a lot of people might struggle with going to college in their town that they're living in, but University of Iowa is a huge university. It's like 30,000 students. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, by the time I graduated high school, I'd only lived in Iowa City for like three years. So it mm. didn't feel too much like, you know, a lot of my friends from high school stuck around. So I didn't actually have to make a ton of new friends in college. I just got to keep all my high school friends and, you know... Yeah. You've been there. Like, it's a fun place to... It's a really cool place. To be young. Yeah, it is a fun place (laughs) to be young. It is, yeah. And so why did you choose French as your focus? Um, I kind of 
fell into it actually. I um, I started college as a costume design major, and I which did, would make total sense. Yeah, for you as well. <laughs> and you know, obviously, that's something I still kind of like love very much and do sometimes. But um, yeah, it just. I don't know, I wasn't really vibing with the costume design department there. And mm-hmm. um, like I had started taking German and Spanish my senior year of high school, and I kept taking those in college too. And I kind of was realizing that I was taking all of these language classes and um, really liked them. And so I realized that if I changed my major, I would like graduate early. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I became a French major. French major. And so you're fluent. So how did you become fluent? Um, I would say I have been more fluent in the past than I currently am. Well, yeah. Muscle, I would love to rebuild. Um, but I mean, it was just really like, um, so I kind of like my studied emphasis was in like literary translation. So, mm-hmm. you know, you really like sit down and you, you know, have to like think about every possible meaning of every word and like sentence structure and grammar and like putting together this giant puzzle that is language and like reassembling it, flipping it over and making it make sense. So it really just forces you to examine the way that words connect and like what everything means. Um, And I guess that just kind of... (laughs) You know, you did it. Did you ever have that a period of time where you lived in France and were like immersed? No, I never did. I mean, I always kind of tried to like immerse myself, like, you know, listen to French music, mm-hmm. Gossip Girl with French subtitles. I mean, your phone's still in French. Yeah, I remember my that day in my French. car. I was, you were like, look at the directions. I was like, damn it, Mira, everything's I in know, French. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's good. It keeps it flexes your brain muscle. Yeah, that's but yeah, great. so I just try to like think, think as much as I can as I can in other languages and keep it fresh, keep it pumping. And I remember there was one time you were talking about literally literary translation. What does your mom do for a living? Um, she writes and illustrates children's books. And I remember that being like so fascinating to me because it kind of speaks to how you ended up, even though it yeah. wasn't direct. <laughs> and that's such a cool thing for your mom to do. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And you often, I remember there's been a few times I'm around you and you'll talk about these stories you always have like stories and you're always telling me stories and that obviously comes from your mom somehow. And I really appreciate that about you and I'm with you too. You kind of live, your mind is always like partially in a fantasy land somehow, which I would say. (laughs) Yeah, I I would agree with that statement. (laughs) And I really like that. Cool. (laughs) So, you know, Mira, you graduate. Did you graduate in four years? Did you take a while to do it? Um, you know, it took me like five years. I like, um, yeah. you know, I kind of like took a semester off here or there. I did some classes at community college. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I kind of wanted to drop out. Like, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I like skipped a bunch of classes, worked like four different jobs, a gazillion hours at once for like no good reason. You know, I just, yeah, college is weird. College is weird. You just did your thing. But you did graduate. Did you pay for college yourself or did your parents help you? Um, I was super lucky. Yeah. My father paid for my college. Wow. You know, I went in state. It was still a lot of money and Mm -hmm. I don't have any debt. So you graduated with no, did you live at home during college? Like what did you, where'd you live? No, I lived, um, I lived downtown, uh, downtown Iowa city. My first apartment was above India cafe. Oh my God. I totally know what you're talking about. Yeah. We had a fire escape balcony that I like loved, you know, like I lived in like a loft over the living room. My roommate had the room in the back. It was very 
Very cute. Um, so you never lived in a dorm? I lived in a dorm like for a minute freshman year. What dorm did you live in? Um, I think it was called Hillcrest. It was oh, it like, was. I remember the name oh, of Oh, you went to Hillcrest? Yeah. Well, no, I didn't live in there. I lived in Mayflower. Oh, we're t- you guys sure. were talking University of Iowa dorms. Yeah. Well, you know, I remember the funny thing was when I was like doing the college stuff, I thought that you had to like choose choose a community like you couldn't just be like I'll live in the dorms and like they put you in one so yeah I was like well I'm not an international business student I'm not like an athlete so I chose the international crossroads learning community and um <laughs> you know with all these like foreign exchange students it was cool oh that's cool yeah so you graduate what did you do when you graduated? Because did you have any idea what you would do with that type of degree or you just kind of chose it? Um, I mean, I really uh, I really wanted to be a literary translator. You yeah. know, I wanted to like sit down with a book and a big fat dictionary and just like, you know, take a story that only some people could understand and make it into a story that other people could understand. And so what did you do right after college? Like, how did you try to pursue that? Uh, I moved to Philly. <laughs> like, yes. I really was like, I'm going to move to Philly and like start my real life and like, you know, use my degree. Yeah. And so what happened? Um, I moved to Philly and I got a job at a French restaurant. What? Which one? Uh, I worked at Caribou Cafe on 12th and Walnut. Oh, I haven't been there. Yeah, it was cool. I, uh, you know, wore a high-waisted black pleated skirt, white button-down, black course. tie, learned how to do a double Windsor. Um, you know, it was like a very, a very awesome introduction into like Philly. Yeah. And so that was like a nice stepping stone. And you probably got to flex a little bit of your French Yeah, I was, I was the only person there who could speak French besides the owner, um, so it was cool, like, you know, and whenever there was like foreign, foreign, you know, guests at the restaurant, nobody else wanted to wait on them. So they'd be like, Mira, you do it. And I would have so much fun, especially if they were like <laughs> French. And I would like try to say the specials in French and realize that like, I didn't know any culinary words in French. So I oh. actually kind of learned a bunch. Um, I got, you know, a little weird continuing education in the service industry. So... You guys, I don't know if you've seen pictures of me, but I just like to pile my hair on top of my head. (laughs) I call it my nest. And at some point, it just became my thing. And I have a hard time. I have a hard time trusting people to cut my hair. I think I've had too many bad experiences. That happens to the best of us. And so shortly after I met Mira, she's like, oh, I'm a hairdresser. And shortly after that, you kind of cornered me and was like, I I have to cut your hair. And I think at that point, I hadn't actually had a real haircut in almost three years. Um, Because again, I have trust issues with my hair. So how do you go from wanting to be a French literary translator to becoming a hairdresser? Which doesn't surprise me because you are such a creative being. Like you're just, you are an artist all around. So it makes sense that, hairdressing would just be another thing in your repertoire um but how did you get from there um well after like a year or so um you know like waiting tables and stuff in philly i um a friend of mine had started working at this salon and she was like you would love it they would love you i gotta get you in so i got a job there and i'd always kind of wanted to work in a salon in some capacity i'd always loved like being at salons and like braiding people's hair and doing stuff and um you know over some time uh one of my lovely lovely co-workers 
you know, she was just like, why don't you become a hairstylist? Like, I'll teach you everything I know. Oh, so you were like the receptionist and then you slowly but surely got encouraged to start doing that. Yeah. And um, there, um, you know, cosmetology laws vary state to state. uh, But at least in Pennsylvania, under certain circumstances, you can do an apprenticeship. And the owner of the salon I worked at happened to have her educator's license. Um, so I was able to do to apprentice for my cosmetology license at the salon I worked at. Oh, so it was free. Um, yeah, yes, and no. We, you know, I paid some money and some blood, sweat, and tears yeah. for sure. Um, I know, I know that apprentice hustle. Yeah, it's, it's like yeah. it's free, but it's not free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot went into it. How long did it last? Like, I'm so fascinated by that. Um, well, so how it works, if you go to a cosmetology school here, mm-hmm. um, you do 1,200 hours. And, you know, within the 1,200 hours is a breakdown of, like, anatomy, chem- chemistry, et cetera. Mm-hmm. When you apprentice, you do 2,000 hours. So I basically, I had, a, like, a curriculum, a syllabus, certain things that I needed to complete and, like, achieve. Um, and once my 2,000 hours were up, I was eligible to take like the state boards for like oh, my okay. license. Um, and so with that, all those hours are outside of your hours that you're working for the salon, correct? Or could you do it on the clock? Like, did you ever get paid hourly while you were technically apprenticing? Um, wow. These, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm nosy. No, 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 no. Okay. I mean, yo, I know we're speaking into microphones right now off the record. Uh, No, you never got paid. (laughs) No, I mean, I did, um, you know, hair apprentices get paid shit, you know, and hair assistants get paid shit. It's just like anything, you know, you're, you know, you're bottom of the barrel. Yeah, totally. You don't get paid very much. I think when I started, I got like, you know, $45 for the day, um, Mm, you know, and like maybe some tip outs here or there. Um, So, yeah, I did get I did get paid while I apprenticed. Technically, I should yeah. not have been getting paid while I was earning hours. I don't know yeah. if I should be saying this right now, but whatever. I'm licensed, so hopefully the state board is <laughs> not listening to this. Come I do know us. all my chemistry and theory. Nobody's going to get cut <laughs> or burned. Jesus Christ. All um, right. <laughs> but, okay, I get that. And so I think the hardest thing about that to me would sound like you are taking a pay cut. So that during the apprenticeship, did you get like a waitressing job or anything to help out with that? Um, you know, I always kind of thought about it, but, um, at the time I was, you know, I was fortunate. I had really cheap rent. I think my room was like 200 bucks a month. Um, and you know, I wanted to, I wanted to, you know, learn as much as I could and really like immerse myself in hair and being at the salon and soaking up everything I could. And, um, so, you know, I worked, you know, I worked like full time at the salon. How long did the apprenticeship take you to finish? I think it was um, like between a year and a half and two years. Okay. That's about, that seems right. I mean, I worked under my mentor for three years because it's slow but steady. Right. And you know, once you finish the program, you're still not like a hairstylist immediately. Like then you have to put in like, you know, some time assisting, like finding your sea legs. Yeah, you mentioned that. I didn't know. What's a hair assistant do? Have I? Um, Yeah. Assistants are, I mean, basically once you graduate from beauty school, you generally become an assistant, which means more hands-on helping but like Mm. so you know it's a lot of shampooing people maybe mixing color for stylists when they run out um mixing up toners so you slowly learn by like doing doing more things that are like in salon action so 
um, you know, I was really lucky because I trained at a salon. A lot of those things were things I'd been doing for a long time. Yeah. Um, but when you come out of beauty school, I've been told you don't get as much hands-on stuff there. Oh, so, um, so yeah, it's really learning how like, you know, chair side manner, like how to, you know, talk to clients, how to really do like proper consultations, like the real life way of doing it. Yeah. Which is what I always say, what I was really thankful about my experience with the apprenticeship, you know, it took, it probably took longer than it would for if I went school full time or there's just things that I learned through it that I don't think you can get through an education, yeah. like a four-year degree. You know, like seeing my boss like really try to figure out how to run the business financially, that is something I really don't think that you can get through oh, yeah. a classroom yeah. in some regards. Totally. Um, so I'm sure you picked up some things that were so valuable. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I mean, you know, for me, uh, one of the biggest things was kind of like just seeing the mentorship that can exist like in hair and surely other industries. I mean, definitely I know other industries, just my experiences in hair, but like, you know, there's a lot of amazing, amazing stylists that I worked with over the years that really like, you know, took personal time to like show me things, talk me through things like, um, you know, and that was really special and I'm forever grateful and like, I, you know, just love trying to pay that forward whenever I can. Oh, yeah. Same here. Yeah, it's cool. So how long have you been doing hair? Oh, by the way, Mira, I didn't give anybody insight of how old you are. Oh, right. Because I said it in French. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm like honest. 31 and seven eighths, I think. Uh, so you're almost 32. Uh huh. OK. How old were you when you moved to Philly? I was just, um, it was a little baby 23-year-old. Oh, that's around the same age I moved to um, Seattle. Yeah. Which, uh, looking back on that, no wonder my dad called me every single day. He was terrified. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm a grown adult. I'm fine. And yeah. Then, and, but you're not. Oh, my, oh God, my God. Totally. I know. When I think about it now, I'm like, oh, my gosh. I was such a baby when I moved here. Like, I was a little green baby. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. But it really changes you. Mm -hmm. It's interesting how that is such an intense um, experience. So you're 31 and some odd change now. And you've been doing hair. But it's, you know, one thing I remember distinctly with you is you had a conversation with me once. And you were like, I just want advice or to talk to you because you were asking me opinions about how to kind of move forward and you really wanted to utilize your degree. I know that. Mm -hmm. And I think you were just kind of, how many years have you been doing hair then? Like six, seven? Um, Yeah, like five or so. Yeah. Yeah, and you were like, my hands are starting to hurt and I want to think forward and like what is the longevity of my career going to be? And that really struck me about you because you do have such an interesting degree. Yeah. Um. But I had no idea like what you would do with that degree besides being a tr- like a go to grad school <laughs> besides going to grad school. Yeah. But I have a friend who's a translator, but it's like mm-hmm. how many people need a French translator? Yeah, totally. I know. I, sometimes I'm like, why didn't I learn like Mandarin or Russian? Spanish. But I spend, right? I, mean, I speak Spanish. Really? Um, yeah. So have you ever thought about trying to get translating work? Translator work? Um, I mean, I have, but like, I, I'm just like an idealist. Like, I don't really want to be like, you know, like a interpreter and like sit. Yeah. You know, like, um, it's. 
I don't know. I just I just want to sit around with books. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's just selfish. Like, I just want to sit by myself with some books and translate books. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, not super practical. And, you know, you've always had side hustles because I know people pay you to do some alterations or mm-hmm. make things. Can you describe that to me? Because, like, how, did you, are you self-taught for sewing? I mean, you guys, every Mira just came over and gave me a painting <laughs> and a pair of boots that she hand-painted that are beautiful and like two dresses that you altered like everything about you is creative and altered so have you ever made like any real money or that or wanted wanted to try um kind of and definitely um yeah yeah, i mean um i uh i do um i do occasional costume work for a local children's theater in town Mm -hmm. which is pretty cool they're an amazing company called the mcguffin theater company um you know, they put on these awesome productions and I try to go to every single one. And um, so, yeah, you know, the woman who runs it, um, she is a good friend. And she it also, um, she's one of those rare artists who has a really good head for business. And so whenever she's yeah. like, all right, here's all the work I need. How much do you need for it? And I'm like, uh, well, uh, I don't know. I don't like to. T-. And then she's like, here's what. And she always pays me super fairly. So. Yeah. That is a nice thing to be around. Um, yeah. And I try to learn from her. Yeah. It's hard to advocate for your worth and like what your work is worth. Yeah. Especially if you're not doing it full time or I feel like that's probably one of your downfalls where you're so nice. You just want to give people. Oh, things. yeah. I do alterations all the time. And I just basically am like, oh, just, you know, we're in good health. See you later. <laughs> Buy me a drink. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Mira, you got to stop that right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. But it's hard. I get that. It's mm-hmm. super hard. So. A few months ago, was it a few months ago? When did you call me? It was, um, uh, yeah, I want to say it was the beginning of October. I think it was around October. Yeah. Yeah. And I get this, I get a text from you and it was something like, hey, I really need to talk to you. I know the tone of it was something where it's like, oh, I have a lunch break in a half hour and I'm calling you right away. And, you know, because it seemed really serious and you are such like a fun loving, you're not, you're serious, but it's that tone was like, oh, this is different from Mira. I hope yeah. she's okay. And well, I call you. <laughs> yeah. And I can't remember how you worded it, but you were like, this thing I've been offered and I don't know what to do. Can you describe to me what you were thinking when you called me? Like, I feel like you were seeking advice, but I didn't know. Or Yeah, well, I was definitely seeking advice and like <laughs> a sounding board and just like, um, yeah, I mean, so basically... Um, you know, someone I've known a very long time uh, called me and very dramatically said, uh, what would you think about moving back to Iowa and running my puppet company with me? And then she was like, OK, so I'm breaking up. I'll call you later on the cell phone. Think about it. Talk to you. Bye. And then she hung up and I was sitting there in the park just kind of like flabbergasted and totally mind blown. And um Trying to figure out what just happened in a five-minute yeah, conversation. I really didn't know what to think. I like, I think I like lay back in the grass and like stared at the sky for a sec. I probably smoked like eight cigarettes back to back, and like, <laughs> you know, it was, um, yeah. Well, because you know, I think not everybody has had this in their life, but I think everybody will at some point. But a moment that can change the trajectory of your life. And everything that you find to be normal and what's happening and et cetera. And I think that phone conversation was one of those moments for you. Yeah. Um, my same thing was when I got a phone call saying I had gotten the core fellowship at the Penland School of Crafts and I had three months to move. 
and I was going to be gone for two years. And I had lived in Seattle for about six years at that point. Mm-hmm. And I was tra- starting to feel like that was my town or I was a townie in some regard, you yeah. know? And so I can relate to you getting this comp- phone call with an opportunity. I can't relate to someone being like, I'm breaking up. I'm going to have to call you back. Bye. <laughs> that, I would have lost my shit. Uh, <laughs> like, wait, what? It's like getting sideswiped and they're just like gone and hit and run. Yeah. Yeah. So did you call me that day or when did you call me? Um, I, man, I probably, we probably spoke that day. Like, yeah. um, you know, as much it was, it was kind of like a sudden bomb phone call. I was almost glad because it gave me some time to really digest. Like, um, her and I didn't speak again till later that evening. So I'd had a couple hours to think about it. Yeah. You know, gut reaction, talk to you, talk to my sister. Like I, yeah. you know, I like, you know, talk to you a bunch of I got a bunch of opinions that day. Um, yeah. And for me, like when you told me that, you're like, hey, I have this opportunity, but it would mean moving to Iowa and leaving my house and my job and everything. And I think for me, immediately, I was like, oh, you have to do this. Yeah. Because over the past couple of months, you've been calling me and being like, hey, can I work for you in some capacity? Can I assist you in some way? Like, how I'm trying to figure out a new direction and whatnot. And for me, I kept thinking about you. It's like, you're, it's that phrase, Jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah. I think about, yeah, I'm definitely, that is you creatively. That is you because you do all these things, you do them well, but you really haven't zoned in on anything specifically. And that's why when thinking about what would be a kind of job or career that could feed into all these outlets that you have creatively like what would that be oh my god yeah I know yeah Yeah. I mean I feel like uh I don't know sometimes like an art orphan but like that has like a negative connotation I've kind of always wanted to be an orphan so it's a little (laughs) ironic now it's not bad I'm just like yeah like where do where do I belong I don't know yeah what to do with stuff besides sit in my room and make it and then give it away you know and it's I've thought about you because I've been like what kind of job would Mira like thrive at like could that could feed into all these interests and I never thought of it until so your 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 friend it's a friend of your mother's right mm-hmm. correct and she's had this company for a long time like what's like the name 40 of it 40 years or something it's called um Eulenspiegel puppet theater uh, puppet theater yeah um it's uh it means owl looking glass uh, in German. Aww. And um, yeah, so she's been, she's had it for like 40 years um, in West Liberty, Iowa. Which is close to Iowa City, correct? Like, yeah, like 20, 30 minutes away. Okay, so you're going to be close to where you grew up, but you're still going to be away a little bit. Yeah, totally. Diff- I like, I don't have, I haven't spent a ton of time in West Liberty. It's very cute. It's very small. Okay. Um, but yeah. I like that. Uh, I can relate moving the big city to go to a cute, small little town for an opportunity. It's exciting. But the thing about it is, it's like, yeah, you're perfect for puppetry. You can do the (laughs) sewing and the costume design. And if you need to paint like a backdrop, you can do that. And you're, you're constantly just like have all these ideas. And then the storytelling aspect of it, like, holy crap, dude, this job was meant for you. Yeah, it's, it's, um, you know, when you put it like that, which is kind of how Monica put it to me, I was like, well, that does make a lot of sense. And that does sound like all the things that I like to do. And it's kind of funny because I've known her my whole life. You know, I've always known Monica is a puppeteer and that's something people do. And I never Mm -hmm. 
ever thought of that as like something for myself. So yeah, it's a very, very interesting turn of events. Yeah. And then I think about how you're going to be able to incorporate your languages into it. Mm -hmm. I think that'll be really important. So when she um, proposed a job to you, what did she describe? Like, what would your job be? For the company um you know it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of things um they're really you know they're nonprofit. they're really mm-hmm. like um do a lot of community outreach so um which we, also speaks to mira you guys like, yeah i mean i yeah. like it when art like means something and isn't like created in a vacuum you know yeah um so yeah uh part of why i have to leave so soon is that um i'm going to be running their like after school program with the public school there okay uh, which begins in february oh wow um so that is a couple months i'll be doing that um uh they monica does a lot of like workshops in like regionally and like a little bit of traveling so i'll Mm -hmm. be like performing those with her um and uh running their instagram account yes. and um uh, i appreciate i like your instagram posts. Oh, you'll like you. <laughs> when you make paintings and you kind of tell a little story when you post a painting and i like that yeah well thank you i'm uh, yeah. i'm excited to apply it because obviously um i've been trying to follow oil and spiegel for years on instagram but they're a little think uh, you know they need it yeah they need that fresh i'm gonna blood. i'm gonna i'm gonna do some stuff with it well because she's around your mom's age right she's actually a little older than my mother i think monica's like 77 yeah she's probably like um, what social media i've i've been running a i mean hey she runs years. the facebook like she does yeah every like she can yeah i think she does she has a lot going on running it but um yeah. and then kind of one of the scary and exciting things about it is that she wants me to develop a production of my own so <gasps> what yeah so you have the keys to the for car for like the summer season yeah and so what so. does that mean do you because okay so i never really understood what i mean everybody knows what puppetry is mm-hmm. but in my adult life i never really thought of it as like an actual career and there's puppetry what <laughs> yeah. do you go like theater troops there's like puppetry troops kind of yeah i guess so yeah. I, I mean i mean definitely so i um you know monica's really the only the only puppeteer i know um well when i lived at penland there's a theater puppetry group that travels like a horse carriage traveling puppetry group and then there's also you know what i think i saw them in new orleans once Yes. Years ago, <laughs> and then and I made puppets with them. That's amazing. Actually, yeah, I totally they do forgot every about that. Ashley, if you're listening, my friend Ashley was there. She did it too. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I know there's bread and puppet in Vermont, and mm-hmm. I know artists that had come to Penland, and then they were talking about going to traveling to Vermont, and they have a lot of like work study programs in the summer so people go there and like are a part of it there and they're giant puppets like people on stilts and things yeah and a lot of times their message are politically driven and things like that yeah i I mean hey it's just like anything there's there's all different ways to do it and express it and sizes and but i've never known anybody who's like making their living off of it and this will be so exciting yeah (laughs) um so what kind of when you get to produce a show what does that mean like how long does a show have to be has she talked to you about it um i you know those are some really good questions sarah uh (laughs) (laughs) you're still just trying to clear out your house that you've lived in forever god yeah totally um you know i feel like in my mind it's kind of like a 
in my mind it's like a band yeah. show set. Like you probably, you know, 20, 45 minutes. Oh, 45 minutes. I'm not a jam band. Um <laughs> she is like maybe like 20, 30 minutes set. Oh, okay, so you're like, a punk rock like yeah, thrash metal. Okay, I get yeah. it. Yeah. I mean the songs will be longer than 1 minute each. Yeah. 1 minute and 17 seconds. Um but yeah, I don't know. I, that's a really good question. I guess a lot of it will depend on like what is the story that I choose, you know, that I end up trying to tell. Oh, I'm so excited for you. Okay, so let's get down to the nitty gritty, the things I want to ask about. Okay. How much are you going to get paid? Also, thinking about the cost of living in a small town in Iowa. Sure. Yeah. Um, Nonprofit. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's it's tough because so I, you know, she gave me a bit of an estimate. I had originally told her I would probably only want to do it part-time and I would try and transfer my cosmetology license so you know she told oh, me okay um which I kind of I think it changed my mind about because a it's super complicated to transfer your license across state borders and also like what the heck am I making this big change for if I'm not gonna like throw myself into it like oh my god you know, yes I you already do, do it part-time you know like like screw it you yeah. have you've wanted to Forget get out of hairdressing anyway so just like um, go all the way yeah so um so yeah, she told me I think it'll be something like uh, maybe like eleven hundred a month or something. Okay. Um, but it's also kind of like really on a contract basis. Wait, are you a ten ninety nine then? Like, are you an independent contractor? I'm, yeah, I'm going to be a ten nine nine for okay, her. Okay, so you'll be doing your own taxes. That's something to think she about. She actually too. she has an accountant, and she said that part of the package deal is she will have the accountant do my taxes for me. So that I'm is like, a nice. Oh benefit. my god! Thank you. <laughs> I like do TurboTax by the skin of my teeth every year, and yeah. Um, so that is, I'm just like, cool, awesome, thank you. That's awesome. Wonderful. Okay, so to give people perspective, you know, $1,100, whew, girl, that is not a lot in Philly. Mm-hmm. But you just, I mean, you told me today that you Venmoed your first month's rent, so yes, you got an did. apartment there. And also, you guys, a wee. Because <laughs> the thing about you is like, oh my God, Mira, like, I just love the energy about you because you are taking this huge risk to follow this opportunity that you did not see coming and it simultaneously you had known somebody and had a huge (laughs) crush and now you guys are dating and then you show up tonight and you're like he's moving there with me so he's taking a leap with you as well which I think is so amazing yeah so you guys just signed a lease together yeah um what is your what is the rent there a month um, yo, we're gonna be playing four fifty a month. For the entire apartment or each? For the entire apartment. <gasps> See, guys, it's all about that perspective. Holy yeah. crap. <laughs> four fifty a month is like not even a that's okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really pretty, not bad. Yeah, um, and you'll be splitting that. Yeah, we're gonna split it. So Yeah, so it's probably only gonna be five hundred dollars a month with utilities. Let's be yeah, real. so I'm like, it'll be really easy to save up to move back to Philly. Just cause, you know, <laughs> Uh, well, okay, so, so I think that's interesting, too. And that is something that day that I sat outside talking to you on my lunch break, giving you my opinion, um, which I think it was just like, well, you know, I think I am kind of okay to speak on this because mm-hmm. I have, I keep doing this where I take these risks and like, I'm going to live in 
a tiny cabin in Maine for three months and I don't know why and I'm going to do this and it's scary and it's terrifying and I can't tell you how many times I've having to give away everything I own because you can only take so much with you and that is scary and I know that has been a really hard thing for you. I'm very proud of you. Uh, (laughs) Thank you very much. Yeah. (laughs) Because you lived in the house. How long have you lived in the house that you lived in? Yeah, I've been there... um, yeah, uh, about seven, over seven years. Seven, yeah. yeah, I think it'll be, yeah, over seven years. And it's awesome. It's right in South Philly. It's on this beautiful street. I've never met anybody who's had such a lovely banter or connection with your neighbors. Yeah. You no, li- you have this like house street. where you guys like sit on your stoop and it's just known that you should come out and have a drink if you see each other. <laughs> Like, I'm so jealous of that. Yeah, I know. I love it. I'm like, it's, yeah, it's it's really special. Like, you know, home is where the heart is, but sometimes, like, your heart is where your home is. And, like, yeah, you know. And, and you know, also in terms of South Philly living, you and your roommate have lived in that house through so many iterations of roommates, and then it kind of zeroed in where, like, you have an entire floor of the house, and he has an entire floor of the house. Yeah. Which is super special. Your studio room is half the size of my apartment or more. Yeah. Um. So I know when we talked about that, one of your biggest concerns was leaving the city and how good you've made it, you've made your space in the city. Yeah. And then leaving it and not being able to come back to where you were. Yeah, that's, I I mean, that's very true. Like, I kind of, you know, it sounds um, super cheesy, but like me and my house and my street, it was just like love at first sight. And I know (laughs) that I tend to anthropomorphize like things very hard. Yeah. Um, But, you know, South Philly is not known for having trees. And, you know, I live on this little side street in between you know, a couple streets and there's a park a block away and the river and like I grew up a block from the river. So being super close to water is amazing, even if it's the Delaware, you know, there's tons (laughs) of trees on my street. My neighbors are amazing. My house just like, you know, it just really it feels like home. I actually realized that I um, it's I've never lived in any house that long. I've lived there longer than I lived at my parents house even ever growing up. So and how much is your rent? Um. It, uh, for the whole house, I think it is like eleven hundred now or something, which is incredible. It my my apartment's thirteen hundred, and you have a three floor house. Yeah, totally. Um, but you know, it is one of those. I mean, it is a very special house, but it is also very much falling apart. Our heat is broken. Everything leaks. (laughs) You know, it's but it's so cheap. It's like you don't want to really argue, and it's you have that magical backyard. And I painted it, and I just feel so good in the rooftop and the backyard. And I pretend I'm Portugal, and like you know, magnolia trees next door, and the koi pond, and yeah. Yeah. But you, I relate to that because when I finished at Penland you know I was going to be away from Seattle for two years and you know a lot of people have asked me like why didn't you go back to to Seattle and it's kind of crazy because in the time that I was gone which was only two years but the city had um Amazon was there Mm -hmm. and in those two years it had just ramped up yeah and as I was going back and visiting my friends everybody's like it's changing so fast the cityscape like development and rents were skyrocketing and in the two years I was gone I couldn't find a new apartment that I wasn't grandfathered into right like when you're grandfathered into certain rents in certain areas of city when gentrification happens or development you know 
your landlord can only raise the rent so much every year. So if you're actually, there, I don't know if that's true because our landlord raised our rent twenty five percent in June. That's crazy from June to July. Well, I know there was a law in Seattle, and my roommate, my landlord, even this year, he's like, I was going to raise it to this, but since you're staying, you know, it's yeah. nice for them. Longevity is easier for them, turn rather than turnover. So I just know so many people that live in these amazing places because they've been there so long yeah. in cities. Um, so I relate to you in that. Like By the time I tried to go back to Seattle and I was looking at rents, I couldn't afford to live in any of the neighborhoods that I had once loved and lived in. Yeah, and I mean, that's definitely happening in, in Philly as well, like yeah. very quickly. Yeah, and sure. Philly's lucky because they're, it should have happened much sooner here, you know, in proximity to yeah. New York. It's kind of crazy that it didn't happen. Um, so it's interesting to me. Did you sign a contract and say how many years you're going to work out there? Or are you just like already in your head? Like I'm going to come back here. Um, I mean, I, um, you know, when I, when I committed to the job, I told her that I wanted to give it one year and she said, that sounds good. So, and I said to you, what's one year in the span of your life? Yeah, exactly. And what I hope for you is that maybe you'll go. And then you have this experience on your resume. Girl, I hope you fall in love with that job and do it like two or three years. Yeah, who knows? Like, you know, I really I really don't know. I'm like, I'm prepared for it to be the coolest year of my life so far. Like, I'm open. Yeah. It's going to be great. Whatever happens. And then, you know, the other thing, too, is once that happens, who knows where that will lead to? Mm-hmm. Because I never in my life thought I would live in Philly. Yeah. 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 Who knows? I mean, I I never in my life thought I'd be moving back to Iowa um, yeah. for any reason. So you know, I'm just I'm open. I'm open to everything. Like I don't know what's going to happen, but I think it is important to do scary scary things from time to time. And um, yep. probably the last scary thing I did was like, you know, give myself a mohawk, and that was like four <laughs> years ago. So I'm like, I'm due. You're due for a scary experience. <laughs> well, yeah, you have to take a leap. And I know that sounds so cliche and it's, uh, but it's true. And, you know, you just need to, you need to switch it up. You need a big yeah. change. And I think this would be really great. Yeah. I'm very, I'm very comfy. And that is not, you know, it's not a bad thing. Yeah, but, it's not a bad thing. But, but I, what you've been wanting, the way that you've been talking to me about wanting to change your career, it sounds like you do need this kind of change. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And so with having only had three months to prepare to move, um, been there, had three months to prepare to move. Mm-hmm. I remember I landed in Penland with $285 to my name total. Like, have you been able to save much? How's that going? Oh, God, no. I'm so terrible at saving. Like, Ugh, I'm very same. much a seat of my pants. Like, I was like, oh, I'll pay, like, you know, my rent as soon as I possibly can, like, way ahead of time. And then it'll feel like, you know, I'm just, like, earning tons of money. Um, yeah, no, I haven't really been able to save, but I think it's I think it's going to be fine. You it know, always works out. Coming off the holiday season, doing hair, like, you know, good New Year's shift at the bar. <laughs> yeah. You know, or just, you know, get there by the seat of our pants and... You know, it's going to be fine. We're not going to go hungry. We have an APT. There's going to be heat. Like, yeah, it's going to be fine. You also have a partner in crime, which is exciting. I mean, when you first signed on to do this, you were expecting to do it by yourself. Yeah. I personally have done every move by myself besides when I moved to Seattle. So um, having that support is going to be exciting. Yeah, it's cool. I've never done that before. I've never never moved with a partner. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's it. That's cool. New. <laughs> Dude, 2019 is all about new things yeah, for you. Why the heck not? Yeah. And then how are you actually moving out there? Like, what are your, are you running a car? Like, what are your. Yeah, we finally kind of just figured it out. Um, we're going to rent a car uh, and a trailer. Okay. Um, picking up Done the, that. Yeah. Picking up the car from the airport because apparently that makes it way cheaper okay um so yeah get in a car get in a trailer load in drive 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 okay that's the plan i've done that like yeah. cross country with a you um ate at a lot of restaurants near malls because uh mm-hmm. parking a trailer is hell yeah somebody just warned us like make sure you don't park anywhere that you have to back up out of no you can't and i was like oh i never would have thought of that good mm-hmm. advice thank you yeah so a lot of like going to walmart and like places with really big parking lots yeah cruise in. <laughs> um there was definitely a moment where because i rented a truck and then towed my car because a trailer wasn't big enough for everything oh. i needed um and yeah that whole backing up with a trailer thing is real true it's counterintuitive of like what you want to do yeah and i remember taking a good hour to try to get out of a parking lot in a hotel oh god (laughs) yeah i know actually the last time i tried to um my sister lived here for a while a couple years ago and then she got into like grad school in pittsburgh and i helped her move to pittsburgh and we had a we really blew it at moving uh, <laughs> like super hard like we uh bungee corded her match like her floppy foam mattress to the roof of her car and it kept like flying off and we were like freaking out and it started like pouring and we like Ooh. tried to ditch her mattress like halfway to pittsburgh and then like you know the cops like chased us down for like illegal dumping and made us go back strap this like sopping wet foam mattress on the car we like couldn't not figured out I called like all my friends like sobbing or just like I don't even know what to do um, wow yeah it was really intense oh my god I bet you're no this this movement is gonna be oh yeah easier. totally well I mean I learned my lesson because um after like a couple of my friends were like we don't know what to tell you and like the woman at Walmart was telling us like how to ditch the mattress illegally like in the pier behind the Walmart halfway to Pittsburgh yeah um one of my friends was like wait you used bungee cords to strap the mattress to the roof? God, use rope. And uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. You and, live, you learn. Yeah. And then the sun came out. We had a bag of cherries and, like, everything cleared up. And the mattress was dry by the time we got to Pittsburgh. So, yeah, lots of lessons learned. Well, Mira, I'm so excited for you. Thank you. So the hardest thing leaving is probably clearing out your apartment. But luckily, your roommate's staying in, or not apartment, house. Your yeah. roommate's staying in the house, so you don't have to, like, go the distance. Yeah, I mean, you know, I want to be respectful, but yes. <laughs> yeah, you have a lot of stuff to clean out. Yeah. Um, but congratulations. Like, Thank you. Just even the fact that you're willing to take this risk, there's, you have to acknowledge the fact that not everybody would be capable of making this type of decision. And what you're doing in a lot of ways is really brave. Well, thank you very much. And I definitely have... <laughs> you literally to thank a lot for that because I do remember you were immediately like yes you should do this and I kind of thought a lot about how much you have done things like this and you know I very much admire you Sarah and I was like shit well yep and it's not always easy like I feel like a lot of people kind of glamorize this nomadic artistic lifestyle like I'm moving to this residency and now I'm doing this and I'm going here and I have experienced a lot of like 
really, really bad days because of this, mm-hmm. you know, because it's not easy when you're putting everything in your a trailer and moving and the trailer breaks down or you you guys are going to get to a new town and you're not going to know. I, I'm really happy because you have lived nearby. So it's yeah. not so much like a pulling the bandaid off. Your parents will be nearby. You have friends you can see yeah. socially and you have someone you're moving with. I think I think the hardest thing can be socially when you go after these experiences. Yeah. And finding your people in those new places. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely am stoked that I will be, you know, near some of my really, really good friends that, you know, I haven't really gotten to I see like once a year for the last almost decade. Um, so it'll be really awesome to be able to see them all on a more regular basis after all these years. Yeah. And you're going to be in a cr- new creative career. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm really looking work forward to like, yeah, what life is like when I literally like my job is kind of making stuff and telling stories that's yeah that's crazy it's like your world all your talents combined into sure a hope job. so <laughs> um well Mira hey where can listeners look you up and follow along on your journey is your Instagram private or is it public uh no my Instagram is public yeah. Um, yeah. Get uh, that self promotion going, girl. <laughs> what? Who? Me? I don't know how to do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You do. Oh you say what your what is your Instagram handle <laughs> right. right now? Uh, my Instagram handle is Meerkat Make Believe. Um, so, do you have a website yet? Um, I don't have a website. But you'll be getting one soon because now you're in a. Will I? Should I? You should. You I should, should have that? an online okay. portfolio of like costumes you've done any pictures or things like that your okay. paintings yeah you should do that all right adding it to the list thank you um yeah website coming soon <laughs> um but um yeah i'm not sure what the uh oil and spiegel instagram account is but it will sure link to that in my bio <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> just some air quotes guys um so yeah totally that's uh i guess that's all i got for self promo okay well, that's good enough well hey Thank you for coming on the podcast. I yeah. know you're so busy right now trying to wrap up oh, your well, Philly life. Thank you for having me. And I know you're very busy too. So thank you for, <laughs> <laughs> like, let's be real. Aw, thanks, Mira. Well, everyone, this has been the first episode of 2019, A Perceived Value. Yes! (laughs) Um, As always, thank you for listening, and I can't wait for 2019 and what it's going to bring for the podcast. Perceived Value is recorded and produced by me, Sarah Rachel Brown. If you love the podcast and you want to show your support, become our patron visit patreon.com slash perceived value to learn more or check out our website at perceivedvaluepodcast.com and click on the support page. As always, thank you for listening.